You are listening to the Build Your Network podcast. If you're tired of the old way of networking, the business cards, the awkward conversations, and the aggressive pitches, but you know how crucial your network is to your success in life, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Build Your Network, the only top-rated show committed to helping you master content networking, foster real relationships, increase your authority, and build the network of your dreams. Listen in on conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, authors, thought leaders, and more as we deconstruct their best strategies for your success. So get ready to burn your business cards, ditch the name tag, and discover the new way to network with your host, Travis Chappell. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Build Your Network podcast. On today's episode, I have the pleasure of sitting down with Simon Severino. He helps business owners in SaaS and services discover how to be able to run their company more efficiently, which results in sales that soar. He created the strategy sprints method that doubles revenue in 90 days by getting owners out of the weeds. Simon is the CEO and founder of Strategy Sprints, which is a global team of certified Strategy Sprints coaches, which offers a customized strategy to help clients gain market share and work in weekly sprints, which results in fast execution. He's also a Forbes Business Council member, a contributor to Entrepreneur Magazine, and a member of Duke Corporate Education. Here's my conversation with Simon Severino. Simon, thank you so much for joining me on today's show. Hey, Eric. Hey, everybody. Happy to be here. Yeah, excited to have you on the show and really excited to jump into kind of what you teach now, but we always like to go back to the very beginning. Tell me a little bit about kind of your early young adult life. What did you envision your path was going to be and did it throw you a curveball? Did you end up doing what you wanted to do all along or was it something that was totally unexpected? Young adult life, I was mainly lost. No idea what to do with this world. What is this world? What do I do here? Most of the things that people do, I don't get them. I don't want to do them. What is this thing? Let me try to find out what this thing is first. So it took it took me forever to find what I stand for and what my superpowers are and yeah. what I can contribute here. That took me forever. And I think after three failed explorations in different fields, the fourth one was like, oh, this mm-hmm. is it. I am made for this. And that was working with leaders on their biggest problems, on their market problems, Mm -hmm. you know, how to sell stuff, how to build things that people really need. And um, this big problem, the wicked problems that you cannot solve in half an hour. That was my thing with a global team in a room until we solve it. Mm -hmm. This is where I found my place in the world. And that was... 20 years ago. And since then, I've done only this every day. I know you mentioned helping people solve problems. That's one thing that I thought was interesting listening to you on a couple of different shows, hearing your messaging is one thing you always talk about is focusing on problems, not necessarily just delivering solutions, which I thought was a really interesting perspective because usually it's the other way around. It's like, came up with this great solution. Let's go find people that have this problem and, and address it. What do you mean by that when you say we should spend more time focusing on the actual problem? That's very relevant right now. Right now that everybody has more problems than solutions, we are now aware of this. But I'm teaching this since 15 years on on stages. Nobody was listening to me. So right now we have people's attention with this because imagine you sell something. Let's say your business is helping mothers manage their time better because a problem that mothers always have is not enough time. Right. So many things to do, everything to manage. I I don't have enough time. So 
you can now fall in love with the problem. I am here to serve mothers, manage time. Or you can fall in love with the solution. Here's my calendar. Here's my post-it note. Here is my blockchain-based watch where you, you talk to it and it organizes you. Whatever it is, the technologies, they will change every couple of years. The way you solve it will change every couple of years. You will have a paper solution, then a digital solution, then a blockchain solution, then a metaverse solution, and then something else. So if you fall in love with the solution, you have a problem. But if you fall in love with the problem, serving the mothers in their big need of time, that will be evergreen. You can serve them forever, for generations. They will always have the time problem. It will always be vital. That's why I say fall in love with the problem. Keep the only two constants. Everything else changes. So don't focus on stuff that changes. Focus on the evergreen things. That's who you are here to serve and what is the problem that you serve. So who am I here to serve? I serve entrepreneurs. What is the one problem that I fell in love with? How to run your business in a way that's healthy. I've fallen in love 20 years ago. Every day I'm excited about it. And every day I can talk to people about it. And if if I had no job, I would create a job that is about it because that's who I am, right? Yeah. And if you strip everything from me tomorrow morning, I wake up, I, I look for entrepreneurs and try to help them because that's what I am. And so in 20 years, I can still be around. But yeah. if I focus on the solution in three years, somebody has a better technological solution than me yeah. and I'm gone. Yeah. I love that. I love how you mentioned it could be evergreen, you know, and there, there are, there's a lot of people who go, I have this software, you know, or back a few years, oh, I have this social media platform or back a few years, I have this website or back a few years, I have this pamphlet, you know, and it's like, if you can focus on the the problem, what's the thing I help people do? Like you said, the tools can morph and change over time. And really, I mean, now I, I laugh about this all the time. The position, I mean, just podcasting, you know, like when I was in kindergarten, that wasn't a thing. That wasn't a thing that people b- became when they grew up, you know, but I was really fascinated with telling stories. I did love talking to people. I did yes. love work and that's developed and gotten more nuanced over the last couple of years, but there's so many tools coming out every, I mean, TikTok two years ago, you know, that was not a way to get your message out, you know? So there's always these changing platforms. I am curious, like one thing you do talk about as well is, you know, your first coach is your numbers. You know, I've heard you say that a couple of times, like your first coach is your numbers, follow the things that are working. What's the balance between jumping onto every new thing and using that to help solve the problem versus trying to stay disciplined and focusing on one or, you know, when do you evolve? When do you stick with a platform that's tried and true and you know, try to work on that problem? Oh, great questions. Because, you know, we coach one-on-one. That's the only thing that we do. We coach one-to-one entrepreneurs on the whole planet. And they always ask their sprint coach, hey, sprint coach, should I do Instagram or LinkedIn? And the sprint coach, because they think this, the coach knows it. And that's a problem. So a good coach will always answer, tell me the numbers. What's happening when you post something on LinkedIn? How many people jump on your calendar per week? And when you do something on Instagram, how many people jump Mm -hmm. on your calendar per week? And they go, per week? So that's the the number one coach is the market. And that's why if you take that seriously, and I would recommend everybody to take them seriously, your number one coach is the market. 
And when we ask them, okay, your podcast, how many people did it bring on your calendar this week? And they go, this week? I watch the analytics every month. I can tell you my watch time. I don't care about your watch time. I hope it goes up, but I don't care about your watch time. What happens? What is the intensification of the conversation? What's the next step? So if the next step is you want people to download something and in the end of the episode or or the the clip says, hey, go and get this free masterclass. Then I want to know every seven days, how many downloads of this masterclass did you have? Yeah, And that's the number that you want to have. So in the strategy sprints method, we install a dashboard, which is real time, always seeing your marketing numbers, sales numbers, and operations numbers every seven days. And mm. that changes a lot for people because they usually don't know it. Yeah. And if you, when you don't know it, you are flying blind. You are at risk because you don't know what's going on. So you don't know where you should invest more time in, where you should invest more money in which role to hire. You really are flying blind. That's dangerous. You wouldn't do it. You wouldn't go in a plane and you don't see where you're flying. You wouldn't keep flying. But that's how people run their business. I say, tell me the number of people who were on your website today and how many of them want to buy from you. Oh, I don't know. I get a monthly report from my from my CRM system. And I go, do you decide every month? You need that information now. Yeah. Yeah. There's such a delay in those decisions. You know, if you're waiting 30 days, that's a lot of revenue lost or earned over that period. Yeah. And people who are on your website right now and they want something, if you call them in the next two hours, you have an 80% higher chance to Mm -hmm. close them. So that is sales. That is running a business. The people who care, you call them in the first two hours doesn't need to be you, right? So that's why we help people hire and organize their team, et cetera. But somebody in the team will call you. You can do the test right now. You can go right now on strategiesprints.com, click anything. And if you show enough interest in the next two hours, somebody will call you. Yeah, that's super, super valuable. And it it does speak to the, the amount of vanity metrics there are. You know, there's so many things we look at and it is, it's interesting here you put that way because we do tend to focus on you know, how many views did YouTube channel get? How many downloads did a podcast get? And, you know, we do coaching with people that are starting podcasts, you know, and that's one of the first things that I always say is don't worry about the numbers. Like, don't worry about how many people are listening. Worry about, do you have 10 people that radically love your brand and are willing to buy from you (laughs) that trust you enough to take some kind of action? And that's a huge mindset shift because we're trained to think, Oh, I had a million views on this post. It was successful. But if it didn't generate anything for you or or serve your ultimate goal, it's not that valuable. You know, there's it's it's not that helpful. I run two YouTube channels. And um, what do I really look at every seven days? I look at which videos refer to our video. That's what I look at. And when they jump off, where do they jump to? And I look at new keywords or existing keywords that are ranked higher now. For example, last week I saw that everybody is going to Bitcoin topics. And of course, that tells me something about what what should I do next week, right? And so today I did something why you should never sell your Bitcoin and how you can still increase your wealth without ever selling your Bitcoin. Because that was what my people right now are looking for. Mm -hmm. So this is one thing that I look at. But I don't care anymore about watch time. 
we look at it, uh, but we don't spend more than one second every Friday. I, I just see it's green or red. So it is going up or down and it's okay. usually green. Okay. But I don't care. So what I want to know is, is it relevant and what else do they need? So of all the things that we do, which one are hitting home? Because that will be the focus for the next content creation. Yeah, that's that's really valuable. Um, I am curious, like what you say, you take like a second looking at it and how are you adjusting as far as like your content strategy itself? Because like sometimes there is just up and down, there's natural, some things click more than others or some things perform a little bit better than others. But or do you have any focus on like strategy as far as like, hey, here's how we retain them a little bit longer to take action? I mean, what is that kind of when you're sitting down looking at, say, a YouTube video, what's kind of the metrics you're looking at, you know, maybe top three that you're trying to examine when determining if it was successful or not? The process that we also teach our clients is we call it the refinery. I was inspired by Gary Vee, who says, mm-hmm. create one piece, reuse it nine times. Sure. Yeah. And so we have this refinery. Monday morning, I do, I do one weekly two hours lot in the morning where I create the videos. And how do I come up with the title? The first thing is that I empathize with my clients and I hear their problems. And so I know what their problems are. For example, how do I make cold calling work? And so now I share with you one of my tactics, one of the 274 tactics that we share in the Sprint University. I open a new Chrome tab in incognito mode. I go to YouTube and I input the questions that my clients asked this week, Mm -hmm. maybe in the live session, in the YouTube live session or in a coaching call. And so if the question is, how do I cold calling effectively? I put that in incognito mode in YouTube. And the first things that pops up, that's the title of the next episode. Mm. Because now you know what people are looking for. So... I move it to the refinery next step, which is my colleague, Michelle. She will take that title, uh, run it through uh, tube body until she finds the, yeah. the green variation of that. So um, green means it works, weighted according to our audience. And then I have a plan, the weekly content plan of 2022, 2023, and 2024. And each one has a title already. So when Monday morning, I go running, I come back from running, I'm energized, I open up and I know already what I'm talking about. And then I deliver it. And then it goes to editing and then to the publishing, etc. So I do only the delivery and the rest will be reused nine times and published at the right moment and sent to our newsletter in the first 20 minutes of its publishing. So that will generate the first clicks. So yeah, there is a whole set of systems. I don't want to bore you, but we have a whole set of systems around that. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented 
with quality candidates, like, like, like hiring a, a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is, is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. It's great focusing on what your client is asking. You know, that's always a good place to start. What are they asking you to do? Because they're basically asking you for to create something that is going to serve them and ultimately is going to lead to a better relationship. And that's one thing you mentioned on a couple of interviews as well was that when it comes to clients, it's all about relationship. You know, so this is obviously the Build Your Network podcast. We talk a lot about relationships. What are some of the ways that you're cultivating those relationships beyond just providing content? Uh, how are you nurturing relationships between yourself and your clients? So to me, really, the why I love sales is to me, the real currency behind sales is, is love, is caring. So like you, I'm an educator. If you strip everything from me, I still wake up and I, I want to contribute. So that's for me the underlying motive why I do it and why it fulfills me and why I, I never burn out. I'm, I can show up every day and I just enjoy it. It gives me energy. So having said that, now there are two specific tactics that I use out of the 274 tactics that we share with our clients, two are the two JV tactics, we call them. There is a small joint venture system and a big joint venture system. The small joint venture system is I have every year 50 affiliate partners that promote us and I promote them once per week. That's why it's 50. Now, when back when we started this five years ago, I had 12 because I could do a monthly promotion. So I start by promoting them. I like what you do. You have the same audience that I have, but a different offer. Right. I want to promote you. Do you want me to promote you? And they go, sure. Yeah, promote me. All right. I do it. And then I ask, do you also want to promote me? This is the numbers that you did. These are the conversions that you did. Did you like it? So we always have a debrief mm -hmm. after it. And then should we do more? What was the resonance? What were the numbers? Do you like to promote our offer? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. So now I have an affiliate partner. I mm -hmm. did this 12 times in a year. I had 12. The third year I had 36. Yeah. Now we have 50 because every week we promote them. They promote us. We call it the JV. Then I invited them to become a mastermind. We have now a full mastermind, which is a, a referral partnership festival <laughs> where we go deeper, coach each other and promote each other. So they find now affiliate partners for themselves, yeah. which creates value for them. And they that's the small, small JV system. And first month I did it myself. Now I handed it over to, to a colleague of mine. She's now the JV manager. She runs the whole thing. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. That builds our list. Right. 
with the right people because they are filtered through somebody, you know, there is a social filter in there, a trust filter. So it's the right people. It's not just some random leads that you buy right. yeah. on Facebook. And then, which are worthless, by the way, <laughs> and, and over, over expensive. The second one, the big JV system is I make a list of my dream 100. I want to work with Tesla. I will call Tesla. So number one on my on my dream 100 three years ago was Google. Number two was Tesla, by the way. And so the first thing that I did was start reaching out to Google. Three years later, Google is my big JV partner. So once a year, I have one big partner. How do I select them? Again, same audience, but different yeah. offerings. That turns out they have a program for small businesses. They need somebody who can scale those businesses. They send them over. So they run webinars. It's, it's us running the webinars. They bring the people. And later on, when they really want to scale, they say, yeah, now you have to do a strategy sprint if you want to scale. This is our partner. Yeah, yeah. And so it's a win-win-win. The small businesses gets the scaling for Google. It's they deliver on what they promise. We help small businesses grow. And for us, is we we have the chance to contribute and we get clients. Obviously, you've developed some really smart processes and you've developed really good systems. You've educated yourself. I know that, you know, like us, you're doing coaching. So you're probably being coached as well, always looking to learn. But also you're building these relationships that are very important. And one question that we always ask everybody at the at the end of our show is always, do you believe that who you know or what you know is more important and why? And I'm really curious to hear your perspective on this. I think for me, the underlying currency of the business world is love and of the rest of the world, obviously, also. So it's caring and it's really caring about somebody and something. And that's why we show up. If we come from, from a good intention, from, from the heart, right? And I only care about people who come from the heart and yeah. who care. The rest, I, I'm not interested in transactions. I'm interested in long-term relationships that become better and better and better. That's that's why I am passionate about business. Because otherwise, I, I would be bored by business. <laughs> right. Who cares? Yeah. I don't Just care numbers, how, many, yeah. how many buys people do. I don't care how many shoes are sold every day. Who cares? I care about people, right? <laughs> people that I resonate with and they, that I can help. So having said that, now for me... I forgot your question now because I, no, I answered a lot. Do you believe that who you know or what you know is more important? Yeah. With this premise, now the who is more important and the what is important insofar as it can be eye-opening, deepening, can create more understanding, can create more clarity. So I'm not interested in knowledge per se, but in knowledge that can help Eric have a better episode in knowledge yeah. that can help my kids have better friendships. So in applied knowledge, that's what I'm interested in. So I would go with the who. Love it. I just have a couple of quick rapid fire questions just to help people get to know you a little bit better before we close out the episode. So number one, what profession other than your own do you think would be fun to attempt? Oh, so many. I think it would be so cool. Uh, how many answers can I give? Because I'd love, I'd love to be a musician. I'd love yeah. to be a choreographer. I think investment bankers ten years ago would be fun. Right. I think right now being a, being a blockchain VC would be fun. Oh, yeah. I, don't get me started. 
<laughs> uh, if you could sit on a park bench with anybody, past or present, and talk to them for an hour, uh, who would it be and why? Buckminster Fuller. And I would say Bucky. Now, hey, what's the one question that you are still working on? I was surprised. I thought you were going to say Elon Musk with Tesla being your number two. I thought that would be, uh, I thought that would be your answer for sure. I love his mission. I love him as a CEO, but I think the conversation would be very boring because, you know, I, I know what he's up to. I know what he's doing and he's giving so many interviews. I don't think he would tell me anything new. Right. And also as a person, I don't find him so interesting as a person. As the CEO, he is for me the most inspiring, the smartest CEO on the planet and the best executor of strategies yeah. on the planet. As a person, actually, I would prefer him tweeting less. <laughs> okay. How do you like to learn best? Is it books, blogs, mentorships, masterminds? You know, what's your favorite way to consume information? All of them. So I, I buy books. I, I write books. I just wrote a book. It came out in the US last week. Strategy Sprints can be bought on Amazon. It's really good. I do masterminds, both on the host side as on the, yeah. on the participant side. I, I do coaching both. I, I always have a coach right now. I have a mindset coach, whatever I need to solve in that quarter. I, I try to get the best possible person who can challenge me and support me on that journey. And I like podcasts because I, I run every day. And so when I run, I listen to either audiobooks or podcasts mm. and I love them. Also in, I do also sauna every week. And in the sauna, I also listen to audiobooks. So that's that's where I get my inspiration from. Uh, give me a glimpse of your morning routine. I wake up very early, two hours before my kids wake up. I have three kids. Two hours before my kids wake up, that's my me time. My mm. day starts with me, what is good for me. And uh, it's running in nature and listening to podcasts. That's my thing. So I will run for about an hour. And then I will walk a little bit to cool down. And then I will do maybe some reading. And um, and then the day starts. So then there is, you know, the kids and breakfast for them and all these organizational activities. And then my morning, my morning is four hours of deep work. Nobody can book me in the morning. There is no meeting or interview in the morning. And then in the afternoon, I will have meeting interviews and everything that is a heads, heads up work. But in the morning, only heads down work oh. until it's finished. I know you listen to audiobooks and podcasts, but do you have a go-to pump-up song that you ever listen to when you're starting out a run? Songs? Yeah. Oh, here, here is one. I love songs. I have playlists play for everything. You're playing this when I jumped in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I do this in between Zooms. Love yeah. It. What is something that you're not very good at? Oof, most of the things I cannot, <laughs> everything I cannot you're not doing basically my right? hands <laughs> when something breaks here, my wife repairs it. I have no idea how to repair a light bulb, how to screw anything on, on, on anything else. I most, I, I can do exactly nothing on this yeah. planet except what I do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's how I feel is like, if I'm good at something, I'm usually doing it. If I'm not yeah, exactly. good at it, I get rid of it as quick as possible. We literally just bought my, my wife bought a painting for our living room. And I was like in the store stressed. Cause I was like, I have to figure out how to hang this in like 
five minutes. So we better figure this out. Uh, last question here. I know you have uh, your book, Strategy Sprints, that's coming out or came out last week. Uh, so people listening to it can obviously go to the link in the show notes and grab a copy of that. I definitely recommend that they do that before this episode's over so they don't forget. But if someone wants to connect with you, find out more about you, get connected with you or your team, what's the number one way to connect with you online? Yeah. So about the book, I just got a, do you know, Nir Eyal, the author of uh, Hooked and Indistractable? He's amazing. I've and heard he just Hooked, wrote yeah. Me, yeah. And he's amazing. And he, he wrote, Strategy Sprints offers a method for growing your business by helping you focus on what matters most. That was so cool. So this is for people considering the book. You can find me at strategysprints.com. This is where I hang out. And on YouTube, I have two shows. One is called Simon Severino. One is called Strategy Sprints. But mostly you find me at strategysprints.com. This is also where you can download many, many of our tools for free. They're open source. Yeah, love it. Well, Simon, thank you so much for taking the time uh, today to have this conversation. I really appreciate it. And I really hope people grab a copy of your book. Like I said, if you're listening to this, go to the link in the show notes, pick up a copy right now so you don't forget and definitely check it out. But Simon, again, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Eric. Thank you, everybody. Keep rolling. That's it for this episode. If you want to connect with Travis and other like-minded people who also listen to the show, then you're going to want to head over to travischapel.com slash group to join his free Facebook group, Podcast to Profit. Travis will see you there. And remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.